okay, so I'm behind the time. I'm not on Facebook and I don't fucking tweet shit, but I am on Instagram. So come follow me or whatever at OCD Straight Talk. All right, my friends, thanks for tuning into the podcast, where as always, we'll discuss the professional literature and the evidence-based protocol as they relate to the effective treatment of clinically significant anxiety symptoms. I'm Chris Lines, licensed psychotherapist and OCD spectrum disorders treatment specialist. And this, well, this is OCD Straight Talk. It's like having a, a grizzly bear as a pet. Maybe when the bear's a cub, you know, he's happy for a, a can of tuna. And, uh, you know, that, 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 that fills him up and, and he's feeling satisfied. And maybe before too long, he, he needs a couple of cans of tuna. You know, throw another one over here. Maybe uh, he wants a chicken breast. Before long, he's, you know, he's going to want to you know, his own chicken because he's getting bigger. And as he gets bigger, you know, he, he needs more food. At the end of the day, he's a fucking bear, right? But before too long, the bear doesn't want a can of tuna. And he's not terribly interested in fishing. He doesn't really want a chicken breast and he doesn't care too much about the damn bird because you're right there and he wants to eat you. And that's kind of the way that the OCD works. We kind of throw it a bone here and there. Do a couple of compulsions when it's young. Well, you know, it helps out. I feel better, man. Get off my back. Don't bust my balls. I'm just checking a little bit. Hey, look, I'm just seeking a little bit of reassurance here. Can you just help me out? But as the OCD grows from a cub to a full-grown bear, a couple of compulsions won't do anymore. Because a couple of compulsions, well, that used to work when the intrusive thoughts were relatively infrequent and they weren't terribly distressing. You just kind of needed to feel a little bit better and get through the moment. Well, the OCD isn't interested in a moment of your time. Not now. Now it wants much more of your time. Now it has taken over your life. And it wants all of your attention. And how we got here is we engaged more and more compulsions. And maybe you might say, well, no, how we got here was I got more and more anxious because I had more and more intrusive thoughts. And, and that makes sense. And I'm not saying it doesn't, but it's important that you understand that this notion that the thoughts came first and the compulsions came second, there is a degree to which chronologically that fits and that works. That explanation follows. But from a practical point of view, it's actually the other way around. The more we did compulsions, the more we had intrusive thoughts. And the more we did compulsions, the more we needed to do compulsions. Because the more we did compulsions, the bigger the anxiety became. And the bigger the anxiety became, the more it required compulsive attention. 
and the same amount of compulsive attention that you used to provide was no longer sufficient now, now it wants more. That's not enough. It wants more. You know what I'm talking about. And the concept of the cognitive model is really applicable to the idea of OCD because our thoughts or our perceptions, we might say, shape our feelings and our thoughts and feelings, they give rise to behavioral choices. Our behavioral choices over the course of time, they become behavioral patterns. And those behavioral patterns reinforce the way that we think and feel in the situations that we face. And that's what the hell's going on here. The patterns are reinforcing the way that you're thinking and feeling in the situations that you're facing. There's a connection there now. And the more we engage these behaviors, or the more we feed the bear, the stronger the connection becomes between these behavioral patterns and the way that we're thinking and feeling in the situations that we're facing, or the hungrier the bear gets. And that's a big fucking bear. You say, well, how do my behaviors reinforce my thoughts and feelings in the situations that I'm facing? Like, what do you mean? Well, I'll give you an example. Let's say you're depressed and you don't want to get off the couch and, and you don't want to hang out with your friends who, who keep calling you to hang out. And you just keep ruminating on how bad you feel. The idea is the more we engage these depressive kinds of behaviors, the more likely we are to continue having depressive views about ourselves, the world, and the future. Aaron Beck called this the cognitive triad. The more we engage depressive behaviors, the more these behaviors reinforce negative beliefs or, or depressive thoughts about ourselves, the world, and the future. Or let's say you're anxious. The more we uh, engage rituals, the more we encourage intrusive thoughts, but more to the point, the more we obsess about uncertainty. But are my hands really clean? How do I know that I'm not that kind of person? And engaging compulsive behaviors encourages obsessional distress. And you say, well, how do I tame the bear? Well, I think that the beginning of that answer is, is realizing the nature of the question. The bear is a wild animal and is not designed to be your pet. Look in the rearview mirror and remember how you got here. We got here by feeding the bear and engaging these unhealthy patterns of behavior. Individual behavioral choices became overarching behavioral patterns. But the question becomes, where do you have control? The idea is that the more we're able to resist and, and prevent these behaviors, even though we feel anxious, the better we're going to feel over the course of time. The idea is that we can create change within the cognitive model, but we have to recognize where we have control. The ultimate question becomes, what are you doing to feed the bear? What are the specific behaviors in which you're engaging for the purpose of trying to manage the anxiety and trying to get rid of these unwanted thoughts? That's an important question. 
You're not able to meaningfully resist feeding the bear if you don't know what you're doing to keep it coming back. You have to begin to pay close attention. Open your eyes and look for it. What are you doing to manage the distress? What is it that you're doing when you're having unwanted thoughts? And then working to identify, resist, and ultimately forcibly prevent these behaviors from continuing on. This is how we're beginning to create change in the way that we're thinking and feeling in the situations that we're facing. We're creating change by behaving differently relative to those thoughts and those feelings. We're creating change by behaving differently in relationship to this felt need for certainty. This is how we're beginning to get rid of the bear. Where do you have control? And maybe you say, well, I can't just stop doing compulsions. You know, it doesn't work like that. I think the truth is, you can. You just haven't. I think that language like can't is grossly unhelpful to you. You can because these compulsive responses are ultimately under your control. They're not like the intrusive thoughts that just happen to you or the anxiety that just naturally results. But when we're engaging these behaviors, they are by definition. And if you're really looking for it, you're going to be able to see these are voluntary responses. Don't lump it all together and say, well, the intrusive thoughts are involuntary. The anxiety just happens. And so I can't stop compulsions. You can recognize where you have control. The point of it is that you are able to make changes somewhere, that you are able to begin to resist, even resisting, even just trying harder to stop. Whether or not you successfully stop the compulsions, just trying harder is part of the why box, is part of the validated measurement of your symptom severity. One of the questions, believe it or not, is how hard are you trying to resist? Just trying harder is a step in the right direction. And think about that. If you're trying harder, and don't bullshit yourself, you're really trying harder, the likelihood that you're going to spend just the same amount of time doing compulsions is, is slim you're probably going to have greater success, maybe just a little bit greater, but it's greater just the same of resisting and, and reducing compulsions in terms of the time spent engaging them. You're probably going to have some more success just by trying harder. You're probably going to report more control over compulsive responses just by trying harder. You can make changes. You're stronger than you give yourself credit for. But the time is now, not tomorrow or next week. It's now. Begin today working harder, harder to resist and to stop compulsions. Stop making excuses 
roll up your sleeves, and fucking work harder at it. These are behavioral responses. Don't cheat yourself and say, well, I couldn't. Bullshit. Yes, you can. You just haven't yet. Well, that's it for another episode of OCD Straight Talk. Feel free to reach out with any questions you might have to chrislines04 gmail.com. If you found the podcast helpful, consider giving it a five-star rating or support OCD Straight Talk to help us produce more content. <laughs>